Do you love Batman? Do you love Frasier? Do you love Seinfeld? Do you love Dr. Seuss? Do you love James Bond? Do you love Captain America? Oh, hell, do you just love everything that's nerd-related? I know I do. Well, you should come on over to a Nerds World podcast and listen to us, Justin and Andrew, talk everything that's nerd. Yeah, every two weeks, we delve into some random topic that we choose at the end of each episode, and we tell you the whole history of it, or as much as we feel the need to write down, our history of it, and our favorite things about it. So come on over to a Nerds World, wherever you listen to podcasts. everyone to pod and gore your one-stop shop for everything horror now here's your host justin and brandon take it away boys hello everybody and welcome to pod and gore your one-stop shop for everything horror my name is justin and my name is brandon there he is Yeah, you know what? I hate you, and the fact that your intros are better than mine. <laughs> well, I've been doing this a lot longer than you. Well, yeah, but still, like... I had over 200 consistent. episodes under my belt before we even started. You guys did 200 episodes? Pretty close. No, Yeah, I think no. we just passed 200 before we stopped. Really? Yeah, I'd have to look back to be sure, but we were either just past it or incredibly close. Hmm. Okay. Well, we did Fair weekly enough. for a while. For our first year or so, it was weekly. I. God, I would... Like, obviously, with the pandemic and how busy things are, that doesn't necessarily work out. Yeah. But, dude, I fucking would love to do weekly. I know. Hopefully, maybe one day when Honestly, all this crap is over with. <laughs> We can figure out a schedule where that might right. work. Yeah. But, but until just, then... Yeah, I don't... Are you ready to <laughs> to strap on your diving gear and go into the deep depths of a classic Universal Monster movie? You're goddamn movie? right. Woo! I, you, bet, you better believe it. Woo-hoo! Uh, for those of you <laughs> that uh, didn't hear the end of our last episode or read the beginning of this one... We are doing Creature from the Black Lagoon. Available to rent or buy pretty much anywhere you rent or buy streaming movies. Right, and if you don't own it already, what are you doing? Oh, I mean, granted, I just bought it like this past October, but still... Well, yeah, so did I. Bought it in that 8-pack. See, mine wasn't in the 8-pack. I had to buy the Creature set. Oh, but see, you showed me the creature, uh, the creature set, and it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's all three creature movies, so I'm glad I made the purchase. Right. And it was like ten bucks, so who so cares? So might. Well, it's like when I was talking to Andrew because he he said that he wanted the um, the Universal movies as well. Yeah. And when I like, it was like fifty to sixty, whatever bucks it was. Like I bought it for like twenty five. Yeah, I did too. But um. Yeah, it comes. It's got Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, and our topic, Creature of the Black Lagoon. I feel like and that's more And before you get going, you guys movies. had 120, yeah, 126 episodes of Sidekicks. It was 126? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, the last episode that I saw that popped up was um, 126... 
Well, maybe and I'm it wrong. was um, best, best. Well, usually you are, but best of 2018, dude. You guys almost ended on Aquaman. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But no, seriously, that's you guys have done three times the well, not even three times, so like five times the amount of episodes that we have done. Yeah. Because we're on like thirty. Yeah. Four times the amount. Anyway, but back to a fucking pioneer. A staple, if you will. Indeed. Gilman. Gilman. <laughs> Fucking Gilman. Fred Gilman. <laughs> a strange prehistoric beast lurks in the depths of the Amazonian jungle. A group of scientists try to capture the animal and bring it back to civilization for study. And they don't. Yeah, because that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. That's what everybody does in the jungle. Uh, directed by Jack mm-hmm. Arnold, screenplay well, by Harry Essex and Arthur A. Ross, starring Richard Carlson, Julia Adams, uh, Richard Denning, Antonio yeah. Marino, Nestor Pava, Whit Bissell, Ben Chapman, and Rico Browning. That sounds yeah, like a lot of people, of but they're the only know, ones in the whole movie. It, they're literally the only ones in the movie. I was going to say, Justin is a big fan of Julia and um, Adams. Yeah. And obviously, I wasn't until this past October when I saw the movie for the first time. But I was just like, damn. Right. And honestly, like, I hate to say it, like, I had never seen it before this either. Yeah. This is only my second time we're, watching we're just, it. I just love right. the, the character and, like, and the idea of it. I do too. Well, and it's kind of funny because it's like we're a horror podcast and I know that we've talked about doing this to expand our horizons and see things that we've never done, but it's like people are going to find out all the movies we haven't seen Mm -hmm. that we should have seen and they're going to stop listening to us because we're not credible (laughs) at at all. It's a journey, Brandon. It's a journey. Like the band, Journey. It is a journey. Uh, This was released February 12th, 1954 for its premiere and March 5th, in 1954 for the regional openings. Uh, the budget is unknown, but it made $1,300,000. Which I th- made how much? Uh, 1300000 Hmm. Which seems pretty good for the 50s. I can't, ima- I can't imagine that that's anything to shake a stick at because uh, $1,000,000 in 19- 54 worth today is a is equivalent to just under 10 million like 9.5 million not too bad what was the what was the budget unknown unknown yeah it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to say assume that it didn't make just gobs amount of money because all the budget would have went into a very convincing creature uh outfit costume right sorry i just spilled soda all over myself good hey (laughs) that's karma um but yeah gilman like given that it's 1954 um the production on his on his suit costume is on point yeah i mean it's like watching that movie no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, watching that movie, like if I would have saw that in 1954, which was 31 years before I was born, or 29, whatever. Um, very convincing, dude. Because like that costume, and then I mean, it's in black and white, but the costume from Monster Squad with Gilman, 
Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty similar in quality, and even that one in 1980 uh, was it 87? Mm. I don't remember. Sounds about but, right. Um, when, right? But even for that one, it's it's impressive that it looks that good. Well, it's yeah, such it was a 1987. Cool good thing I still have my notes. And even though really I mean is. it's been altered and changed, and people have done rips on it and stuff. Uh, I mean, it, it's all of the Universal monsters just have such a distinct look that has lasted. I mean, when you close your eyes and think of any of these characters, it's this version. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so let's get into the thing because there's you know quite what? a bit to talk about. Right, and I was going to say because surprisingly, I mean, we talked about this at work that with doing uh, basically po- basically popping our universal cherry with creature, we've had so many ideas about different things that we've wanted to do to kind of shake up the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're actually getting into it, I'm pretty stoked because. Yeah, I'm like glad said, that we were opening the, the door. Talked about, and there's definitely more that I want to do sooner than later. Oh yeah, uh, you and me both, and we'll have to exchange notes on that one. Yeah, pick but, who gets which one. Well, yeah, well that, but also with it's like I really kind of want to see two and three now. Yeah, I do. I Since haven't watched them a yet. So, yeah, trilogy. I do too. Yo, you haven't watched them yet. Mm-mm. I was going to say, I, I know you had a busy weekend, so I'm not going to fuck with you on that one, but what are you doing? I don't know. I've had since October, you know. It, it should have been done by now. But hey, if well, I, I mean, now that I've done this one, I can do the sequels, and that gives me a good reason. Hence why we started this show. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I mean, think about it, dude. I, I, I bought Us, and I still haven't watched it yet. Which is too bad, because it's great. No, I know it is, dude. I I love. I mean, I know this has nothing to do with Universal, to an extent, hmm. but like, yeah, dude. I mean, shit. Like I told you today, I finally watched Ant Man and the Wasp today. Yeah. And it's like, what am I doing? I know. Well, that's been right. Out for like Spending two years. all my time at work. I yeah, yeah. Well, it feels like I've spent the last two years in a warehouse. We kind of have. Even though, I ha- what's that? You kind of have. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's get into it, man. All right, I'm I'm done distracting. Thank you. Uh, producer William Allen was attending oh, a 19, huh? <laughs> a 1941 Nothing. dinner party during the filming of Citizen Kane, in which he played the reporter Thompson, when Mexican cinematographer Gabriel Figueroa told him about the myth of a race of half fish, half human creatures in the Amazon River. Allen wrote story notes titled "The Sea Monster." Ten years later, using Beauty and the Beast as inspiration, obviously. Uh, in December 1952, <laughs> Maurice Zim expanded this into a treatment, which Harry Essex and Arthur Ross rewrote as The Black Lagoon. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the di- designer of the approved Gill Man was Disney animator uh, Millicent Patrick, though her role was deliberately downplayed by makeup artist Bud Westmore who for half a century would receive solo credit for the creature's conception, Jack Kevin, who worked on The Wizard of Oz, 
and made prosthetics for amputees during World War II, created the bodysuit with Chris Muller Jr. sculpted the head. Nice. Yeah, that's what's crazy about some of these oh. old movies, is you see just how much cross-play and other things. Like, yeah, he did stuff during World War II, because World War II was like 10 years earlier. <laughs> it's kind of a trip to think about it, but yeah, it absolutely was. And, like, hearing about all that, it really wishes I had... I, w I really wish I had some artistic talent. I have uh, several friends who do, like, as you know, who, you know, make the Myers masks and mm -hmm. other sculpts and this and that. But, goddamn, I wish I had the ability to create. And I'm sure that I would, because, you know, people say just... You don't... You, you can't do it if you don't do it. Yeah. But, you know... Still. Yeah, I can. I mean, I'm a good artist, idol. but I've never been a good sculptor. I think that'd be so right? fun. And at least that works, man, because your ability to draw has come up with several helpful things for our show itself, yeah, including our logo and some of our shirts. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, for those that don't know, that Justin drew our our Reaper figurehead, yep. and um, so it's like he was able to take my idea of. A, it's like it's one of the things that I, I love about that is like with you being able to draw you can make the ideas that I see come to life yeah. in a way that I myself cannot which is which is uh, very beneficial <laughs> because uh, ideas are some things that I can come up with even though I'm having a struggle with some lately mm -hmm. drawing is not one of them well, I've been doing it since I was four, so I mean, it's... And I did it instead of paying attention in school, so that helped. Fair enough. It didn't enough. help my grades, but it helped me learn how to draw. <laughs> hey, that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, ben Chapman portrayed the Gill Man for the majority of the scenes shot at Universal City, California. Many of the on-water on scenes were filmed at Rice Creek near Palatka, Florida. The costume made it impossible for Chapman to sit for the 14 hours of each day that he wore it, and it overheated easily. Due to these difficulties, Jesus. Chapman often stayed in the studio's backlot lake, frequently requesting to be hosed down. Uh, he also could not see very well while wearing the headpiece, which caused him to scrape Julie Adams' head against the wall when carrying her into the grotto scenes. Uh, Rico Browning played the Gill Man in the underwater shots, which were filmed by the second unit in in Wakula Springs, Florida. Anything? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just thinking cause with how hot it gets, like they, like he wanted to be hosed down. Yeah. I would just be like, how difficult is it to just swim? I'd be like, just throw me in a fucking lake. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Or just let me sit in a pool or something. Yeah, no kidding. You'd think you'd be tired of being in the water, but whatever helps. Yeah, but if it's that hot, I'll fucking make do. Yeah. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon generated two sequels, Revenge of the Creature. Hey, that's a bit telling from uh, Revenge of the Clowns. Uh, which w mm -hmm. was released in 1955 and also filmed and released in 3D in hopes of reviving the format. And The Creature Walks Among Us in 1956, which was only uh, filmed in 2D. So it's not as cool. Oh. Right. 
uh, a comedic appearance with Abbott and, and Costello on an episode of the Colgate Comedy Hour aired prior to the film's release. The appearance is commonly known as Abbott and Costello Meet the Creature from the Black Lagoon. You know what? I know that this is our first, like, I honestly think this is probably the oldest movie that we've covered. Um, yeah, I think so. But that's so. another another something I would like to dive into. Um eventually would be the Abbott and Costello meets. Yeah. I didn't even know they did know, a creature I, one. I'm, I knew they did like Frankenstein and stuff like that, but I've, I've never seen any of them. Right. Um, just by Googling it, it looks like we... I lost it. So they did... Um, by Googling it, I did see that they met... Um, Abbott and Costello meet the killer, Boris Karloff. They meet the Invisible Man. They meet Frankenstein. They meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and the Mummy. Nice. Um, I don't see, like, the Wolfman or Dracula or anything like that. I'm but surprised they didn't do Wolfman, There at least. is a. F- that was right? around the same That would have been hilarious. Yeah. yeah. In the early 50s. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, that's it for the production, but I have quite a few fun facts to get through. So, Creature from uh, the Black Lagoon... That's what Lagoon. I've been looking forward to. Huh? No, I said that's what I was looking forward to, is the fun facts. You've been teasing a lot of... I got a lot of stuff to talk about. And I was going to say, well, that was pretty quick, if that was it. Yeah, that... It looks like a lot more than it is. and there, I mean, there's not a ton of fun facts, but some of them are lengthy. Uh-huh. Uh, So, Creature was filmed in 3D and originally projected by polarized light method. The audience wore viewers with gray polarizing filters similar to the viewers most commonly used today. Uh, Because of the brief 1950s 3D film fad had peaked in mid-1953, which... Yeah, anyway. Audiences actually saw the film flat in 2D. Typically, the film was shown in 3D in large downtown theaters and flat in smaller neighborhood theaters. In 1975, Creature was re-released to theaters in the inferior red and blue glasses uh, anaglyph 3D format uh, and was also used for a 1980 Hmm. home video release on beta and VHS for anybody old enough to remember that. Oh, (laughs) yeah. The good old VHS men. Like, I I get the whole remastering of things, but, like, I'm a big fan of listening or viewing things in their original state. So, like, it's like, as you know, op- this has nothing to do with horror, but I'm a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather watch that shit on fucking VHS all day long, every day, before Lucas got his hands on it and did the whole edits and remasters and redos and this and that. I think we all would. Like, there's just something... <laughs> well, I'm pretty... Yeah, everybody feels that way. But, like, even old school, um, like, listening to things on vinyl, yeah. um, watching old movies, and it's like watching Rocky. There's something about watching Rocky not in high def that just, you know, gets it. Yeah, I mean, even it's to, the same to thing bring it that, back like, to horror, watching, like, a VHS copy of Halloween, 
is so much mm. more satisfying than popping in a DVD, Blu-ray, or you know, starting up. One hundred percent, I agree. And that was like the one thing I was telling you. Like, if there was one thing that I could like, like I would really want to collect, is um, vinyl vinyl copies of horror movie soundtracks mm -hmm. like it's one thing to hear john carpenter's score but it's another thing to hear it on like a vinyl with the scratchy just yeah. not perfect audio that yeah it it adds it adds a layer of, of something special for me but that's also because i'm old and i didn't say that's, you did um, uh, Rico Browning and right, Ben Chapman it's, it's never met during the making of the film. Browning's underwater scenes were filmed in Florida, and Chapman's scenes were filmed in California. They didn't meet until they both attended a convention in Florida 20 years later. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. Uh, for marketing reasons, a comedic appearance with Abbott and Costello on an episode of the Colgate Comedy Hour aired prior to the film's release. Uh, I already did all this stuff. Way to go, dummy. But Ben Chapman reprised his role as the Gill Man for the program. So that's a new bit of information, is that they actually had the actor, Ben <laughs> Chapman, in the Gill Man suit. That's good. Yeah. Uh, it's the first film that Stephen yeah. King can remember seeing. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Forrest J. Ackerman, a horror and science fiction writer for Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine... Uh, bought the mask and claws of the creature's costume from a young man who had once used them as a Halloween costume. The costume pieces oh. were discarded by Universal after production had finished on the three films and were later recovered from the studio's dumpster by a janitor who thought the ensemble would make a good Halloween costume for his son. Yeah, rightfully so. That's the one thing that just kills me about a lot of these iconic things, some more so than others. Like, the picture, I don't know if you saw it, I shared it in our group chat, of um, the brain bug from Starship Troopers, how yeah. it's basically it's just rotting in, a, in, in some studio, mm -hmm. just sitting. <laughs> it, 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 it's sad, but like, I really wish I could come across a lot of these things that are just being scrapped because, God damn it, <laughs> I would put them on display proudly. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Back when these movies were made, no one cared, and they weren't, you know, they were just movies. They didn't think that, you know, a hundred years later, they would be some of the most influential films ever. Right. And so they just threw stuff away, and there's a... On Disney+, Plus. I'm trying to remember the name of the show... Oh, I watched it too, and it's really good. But there's a show that came out like a month ago that is about the props of different movies from Disney. Oh, shit. Uh, prop Culture. That's from Disney called. movies? Hmm? It's what? It's called Prop Culture. Oh. There's like eight episodes. I they did seen like it. Nightmare Before Christmas, Mary Poppins, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Muppet Movie. <laughs> Uh, Tron, some, some who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, who framed Roger yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, I didn't know that was. I didn't know that was on there. I, it's kind of like that. Um, the toys and movies that made us mm -hmm. on um, Netflix. Yeah, I didn't know that was on there, and I'm gonna have to watch that because, I like, 
I like Rod, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and like Nightmare Before Christmas. I know you've been wanting to cover that movie for a while. Oh yeah, you talked about it early on too. <laughs> and I and shot you talked it down, me out of but... it, and we did Jack Frost. <laughs> no, because you wanted to do. Oh shit! Yeah, you did. <laughs> don't you? Don't fucking put that on me. I didn't make you pick Jack Frost. <laughs> but this Christmas, I just didn't think that we would. I'm gonna do it. Well, yeah. well, yeah, do it this Christmas, man. I just, the only reason why, I was, like, my whole thought process on that was I didn't know how our show was going to evolve if we were going to stick to straight horror. Yeah. But, like, as time has gone on and we've done, di- like, different ideas have flowed, like, I'd totally talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. And we will. A severe like, accident we, we was narrowly Troll avoided Hunter. while filming the fight scene between the creature and Z. Uh, ben Chapman, the stuntman <laughs> who acted as the creature on land, and Bernie Gozer, who played Z, rehearsed the fight scene for several days. There was a particular need uh, let's see, for the extended rehearsal since the creature costume allowed for very little mobility and visibility. The scene called for Z to swing at the creature with a machete and for the creature to grab his hand before he could complete the motion. When the scene was filmed with the actors in costume, Chapman missed Gozier's hand when he swung the machete at him, and the blade connected squarely with the creature's head. Luckily, the machete was not extraordinarily sharp, and the thick rubber foam uh, that formed the creature's head prevented Chapman from receiving any serious injury. That's crazy. Remember when we were talking about Monster Squad as well, and there, um, one of the notes on that one was how insanely difficult it was for the actor in that suit as well, like not being able to see or do this or that, like how yeah. he almost got beat unconscious. And Well, I mean, it, it stands to reason yeah. all the other monsters kind of have it easy. They just have their faces painted, but I mean, it's a full-on well, yeah. suit. And made in the days where they weren't as efficient as they are now. Right. Like now they would probably do prosthetics on an actual face. Uh, Let's see. Julie Adams, who plays Kay, was one of the last surviving cast members along with Rico Browning. She passed away February 3rd, 2019 at the age of 92. Oh. Yeah. That's a life, man. To say that you live till 19, or to live to be 95. 92. That's a life. 92. Same. same yeah, I, I'll Not take really, that. But still. I mean, I'll be amazed if I hit my 90s. <laughs> you and me both. Hell, uh, I'd be happy to hit my 80s. Now, this is one of the few Universal Monster movies to never really receive a remake. You know, we've seen a million Draculas and Frankensteins and stuff, especially in the 90s. Um, But there were some doomed remakes that just never happened. In 1992, John Carpenter was developing a remake at Universal. He originally hired Bill Phillips to write the script, while Rick Baker was hired to create the 3D model for the creature, but the project never got greenlit. Ah, I didn't even realize that until you mentioned it as well, like... There has not been a remake. No. Which is which really sucks. I mean, there's a whole section on Wikipedia about all of the failed attempts to get this remade. I just picked out the best ones. But Right, you know. but I mean, thinking about it as well, it, it is probably the least 
practical. And by saying that, it's like you could, there's a lot of there's not a whole I don't feel like there's a whole lot of different things that you can do with the creature opposed to like a Dracula or Frankenstein, even the Wolfman. You know, a little bit more so, but like creature, that's a it's a it's a very specific type. I feel that would be a little bit more difficult to remake. Well, you hold your horses In there, buddy, opinion. and I will prove you wrong. You right fucking after my next prove one. me wrong. I will. Hold on. Okay. Uh, you hold on. So Herschel Weingrad, Weingrad and Timothy Harris wrote a new script, and, and Universal offered Peter Jackson the director's chair in 1995, but he chose to work on King Kong instead. Mm-hmm. And this one, to prove you wrong, in August 2002, Guillermo del Toro, a fan of the original film, was attached to direct a remake. He had hoped to do a story focused more on the creature's viewpoint, while also letting him have a successful romantic liaison. He would later go on to turn this idea into the 2017 film The Shape of Water, which later became one of the only fantasy films to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yeah, I... I, okay, I got you. That yep. makes sense. Um, I own that movie as well, and I have not seen it. It's good. Yeah, I. It doesn't surprise me that <laughs> that you'd be into it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's super not, weird. Not talking you, shit, but I'm just I saying. When I first saw like, it, I was like, "This is just so strange," and I didn't even make the creature connection. But after I read that, I was mm-hmm. like, "That's exactly what it is." Like, if nothing else, this. Is, huh? Uh, Shape of Water is like the creature from the Black Lagoon sequel if they'd caught the creature. Right. Uh, Last thing before we get into the main thing. In March 2012, Universal announced that a remake was in production and would simply be titled The Black Lagoon rather than Creature from the Black Lagoon in order to distinguish between the two versions. In October 2012, the studio hired Dave... Cat, uh, Jesus, Kajanich, sure, to write the film. The film was expected to hit theaters by May 2014, but was ultimately canceled. Lame. Aye, aye. Lame. Who knows? Maybe there's something out there that we just don't even know that's coming. I mean, yeah. Which is possible given the fact that. We never really actually know what's being made, but it, like, there's got to be something. Yeah, I think on with the, the, the success of the Invisible Man, and they're still working on a Bride of Frankenstein and all that stuff. Like, it's coming, I think, hopefully. And again, with Shape of Water being, you know, a critically acclaimed film, I'd be amazed if they don't right. at least try it. I agree. Um,. The thing, so I was trying to look up something and it was talking about the thing about that creature from the Black Lagoon remake from August of last year. There's a big old article about it. Uh, oh, never mind. This is uh, an article about John Carpenter's mm. creature. Never mind. But yeah, it would be. But see, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, not to spoil Invisible Man for those who haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? See it. Uh, yeah, what are you doing? I feel like I... That being your fucking one-liner, I 
used it more recently, more yeah. often recently than you have, and I felt like I had to branch off so it didn't seem as I was poaching your very few catchphrases that you bring to the table. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, no problem. But thinking about how they pulled off Invisible Man, like what they did for that, like using that similar kind of approach, like what would you do for Creature? Well, and that's like a, a thing. Fucking like a scuba suit? I think the thing that you would do for Creature is the shape of water. I mean, there's really... Right. I, I can't see unless you really... I mean, you could go back to the Amazon and you could do a monster in the depths. I mean, it'd be like a swamp thing kind of a thing. Right. I, I don't know. I think you could do it and have it be this mystery of where is he? What does he look like? He's killing people because they're on his home turf. You don't necessarily need to play well, up the also, love angle, but... I mean, it's a monster movie. Right. Like a legit monster movie where you just have this fish creature that kills people. That's also what I... Uh, like, I, I just had a thought. Like, if you think about how the the remake of The Invisible Man, how... Like, I'm really trying not to spoil that movie in case people haven't seen it. But, like, if you take the reasoning in that movie or the ability for him, per se, mm -hmm. um, it completely takes away the monster ability like that that like yeah like if you take that realistic approach like how are you going to realistically do a dracula or a wolf like they 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 took the invisible man which i guess it kind of makes sense given the fact that his power is the most practical because well, yeah, and i mean even in the original it was invisible. science i mean it was a formula Right, but then I was just I was just kind of talking my way out of like, well, then how would you practically do a creature? Would it be like some fucked up scuba suit outfit to make you look like a creature? Like, then how would you do a wolf like man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was right? old man Jansen the I whole honest, time. Right, I, I mean, we've never really deep dived into the Invisible Man, and if we cover that one. Maybe we'll go into this a little bit more, but... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's I'll, different I'll, things, I'll so, you know. The Like I said, the other universal monsters are much more monstrous. Like, you couldn't do right. Frankenstein unless it's dead people's body parts put back together to make a monster. You can't do Dracula well, if even he's not a vampire. Right, with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that's also science. Yeah. Right, um... Yeah, but I have more thoughts on that, but it, it gets into spoiler territory, so we'll just get back to Creature, and I'll save that one for another day. Fair enough. Because my, my, my fucking brain juices are flowing. I guess so. You got all primed after Killer Clowns, <laughs> and now you're just jazzed. Well, I got I got, prized, I got primed after fucking two of Fort George's uh, fanzine pints here. <laughs> uh, but I love the old school credits. It, it reminds me of an old... Disney movie, and I mean, it's back in the day when you actually, yeah. by Hollywood law, had, had the to do credits before the movie started. Yeah, like, in, you know, like, um, very um, Wizard of Oz yeah. is another one that it reminds me of, like that. 
like that style mm-hmm. very nostalgic for me and fun bit of trivia that system of credits being before the movie and now they're after the movie was changed by George Lucas in Star Wars because he wanted really? you to get sucked directly into that world and he actually caught a bit of flack and I think was fined because of that really yeah huh Oh, like, I honestly don't know when that changed, that law. Excuse me. But that's a, that's a very interesting. Just breaking the molds. Good old Georgie. Coming up twice now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? What's going on here? We just need to watch Star Wars, I think. Maybe after this. Well, the, I don't know, man, because I, I've, I watched Scream 2 last night. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I'm going to watch anything, I'll probably have to watch Scream 3. I'll have to brave it just to get to Scream 4. So I was going to say, just skip it. Pretend it didn't happen because it doesn't matter and go to Scream 4. Right. But at the same time, <laughs> another thing that I had um, I had heard, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, Jimmy Champagne. He has a, a podcast and a YouTube that I... Um, I mostly watch the YouTube because I don't listen to podcasts as much anymore. But he was talking about the Scream movies and with there being the potential for Scream 5. And that um, even though Scream 3 is really bad, it's not good, it's still extremely watchable. And so I feel like with as long as it's been since I've seen it, I'm really going to have to just kind of put that, uh, try to not let your negative vibes (laughs) influence me. and And then dive back in and see what's up. One of these days, I'll watch it again. It's just, out of all four, it's the one that I would watch last, if at all. Well, given. Because, uh, you know how, how I have that um, that scratch-off poster for yeah. the, I put this in quotations, uh, 100 must-see horror movies, which, for those that have this poster, will probably agree with me that some of the selections are suspect at best. Mm-hmm. Like, we have some real big snubs. Like, why is this not on here? Yeah. But, um, because I, I, I watched Scream, like, what, maybe a month or two before I bought the poster? Yeah. And I I came to the conclusion that I wasn't going to scratch off movies unless I watched it, even though I had seen it. Yeah. But I did cheat again. I, I have, I watched Scream 2, and I scratched it off for Scream. Like, I'm watching the <laughs> franchise, man. Like, <laughs> I... Like, we watched that, like, I watched Scream, like, shit, like, four months ago, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. All right. We're, make, we're, we're making progress on that. All right, back to fucking Creature. Okay. You so, know what? I'm sorry. Thinking well, of that poster, the thing that really chaps me about it, like, if you think out of all the Universal movies that are on... Or th- uh, that have been made for the Universal Monsters. Yeah. Can you guess which one of those actually made it on to the poster? I would hope Dracula or Frankenstein. No and no. Yuck. What is it? <laughs> right? Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, okay. Like, I get it, but, like, you're going to put Session 9 on here, but you're not going to have Dracula? Yeah. I'm glad I didn't you know buy I mean? one of those like, posters. No offense. Well, I'm I'm, stu- I'm still glad for it, because there's plenty of movies that are on there that I... Oh, no, hold on. 
All right, we're still good. All right, I just want to make sure because we... Dude, my audacity just started to jack up. Hmm. We good? We should be. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're good. It's just, it's doing this really weird... I don't know what's going on, but it's showing audio spikes, so it's recording, so we'll just continue. Man, Fair what enough. a shit show. Uh, so we're I'm getting... sorry for people that are listening. <laughs> it's okay. This isn't an audio uh, medium anyway. It's fine. No, no. So we get this sort of in the beginning speech and talk of evolution and there's volcanoes and the beginnings of Earth and life beginning and it kind of tees us up for the idea that this creature could have been in the Amazon for millions of years and evolved from fish to fish man. And then we get this fossilized claw that's found in the Amazon that's just sticking straight out of a rock. Right, and actually, I, I remember sending you a picture because there is a, a um, like a replica, a replica prop that mm. you can buy of that fossilized hand, and you can buy it on eBay. It's like eighty bucks, but it is super awesome. Yeah, like that's that's very tempting. <laughs> With as much as you buy toys, stop buying toys and invest in in upgrading your technology. I'll try. I don't see that happening, though. I really no, like you toys. Won't. I don't <laughs> I don't either, man, because you and I both know that that fucking claw would look really cool sitting on your fireplace. Mm-hmm. And if I actually upgrade and get a, a new shelf... Oh. oh, God. It's game over. I know. <laughs> and then I'll fill that up in a week, it's and then good. I'll need more space. You're going to need a... You're going to have to sell your house. And you're going to have to sell your house, and you're going to have to buy a bigger boat gonna need a bigger boat <laughs> fair enough <laughs> no i was just thinking i'm like like i've even thought about that I'm like man i would like to sell my house and buy a bigger house with a bigger kitchen you would have to find one with a bigger spare bedroom that you can convert yeah it would have to be like an just, entire just downstairs start, yeah like you just like start building shelves into the huge. wall mm-hmm. um, but they find this fossilized claw and David, the scientist that found it, or no, David's the one that was diving. Carl, the guy that found it, has this uh, Professor Hammond from Jurassic Park style proposition for David to come to the Amazon mm-hmm. and try and locate where this fossil may have come from. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just okay. listening. I keep fucking. I keep derailing you on sidebars, so I'm just trying to let you get through the movie. <laughs> I appreciate that. One of these days, for this incredibly short movie and our two-hour-long podcast on it, we'll get to the end. Yeah, well, we're uh, not quite that far in, but yeah. honestly, I'm trying to like. The banter is not there, and it's sad. And I like like I can't really give you a hard time. When I can't see your fucking sad face after I hit you with a zinger, you know? You like to see the tear roll down my cheek? I do. (laughs) It fuels (laughs) you. And with being on vacation for the next week, I can't even fuck with you at work. I know. We'll have to do it through text or something. Thinking of you. So peaceful Mm. at lunch without (laughs) you giving me shit all the time. (laughs) 
to be fair, Patrick adds into that. That's not, that's not just me. Yeah, he helps take your place when you're gone. Uh, I appreciate that, Patrick. Uh, so... But, um... Hmm? No, go ahead. I was just gonna... I had a thought, but I lost it. Fair enough. Uh, so... Fair we, enough. We keep seeing uh, this shot of the creature's claw coming out of the lake, kind of like it's reaching for the people on land, Carl and his team. And they essentially show the exact oh, same shot again after Carl's gone, and he leaves his team there, because why not? I mean, there's not, right. nothing dangerous that he knows of. Um, but then we see our first you massacre mean? when the creature makes it onto shore and to their tent, and he rips the shit out of them. Mm. We don't get to see it, well, unfortunately. The thing that, like... Right, you don't get to see it, which is pretty cool because I really do, I am of the mind that less is more, like... Yeah, I mean, it's like the uh, Texas Chainsaw scene when the when he pulls him into the back room in the original. Oh, yeah. Whereas in the new one, and in, then slams or newer one shut. in 2003, they actually show it, and it's just not as good. No, I agree with you completely. The one thing that um, uh, did kind of crack me up a little bit is uh, when the fossilized claw, or not fossilized claw, sorry, I was reading your notes. Um, when the claw does come out of the lake and it, like, he plops it up on to land and mm-hmm. then it has, as he's scratching it back, you, um, of course it's the 50s, so I can't shit on it, but, like, you can see the nails, like, all bent off to the side like they're super soft. <laughs> I'm like, oh. The rubber nails that can't even has penetrate weak na- sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has weak nails. <laughs> uh, so the expedition team gets there, and they find everyone dead, and they think it's a jaguar or something. Uh, and Of course. Kay... The wonderful Julie Adams is nearly uh, grabbed by the creature in the third attempt for the creature to reach his claw out of the out of the lake. I can he's almost basically see... just reverse. He's like reverse fishing, dude. Yeah. Like he's at, he's in the water, like throwing his arm out, hoping to grab something and pull it down, opposed to reverse where you're throwing out a line. But like, yeah, you're right. Like it's he got so close that time to know. you know getting he, a bite. <laughs> you can almost see the cartoon snap like, dang it, I missed again. <laughs> Just, damn it. <laughs> so close. Uh, but eight days into the expedition, they've only found rocks, and they decide to widen their search uh, into the water, and they get their we're our first name drop of the Black Lagoon, which, of course, has a bunch of mystery and mysticism uh, wrapped up in it. And that's Could a real location, as we talked it? about earlier. That Lake Lagoon area is a real place. And it just really? has this eerie, creepy... Like, you believe something horrible could have evolved there. Yeah. Could you imagine going on an expedition, like, something like this? Like, like I mean... I can barely imagine leaving my house day. anymore, so I... <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Like, you go to work every day. Like, yeah. just imagine if your job, instead of doing inventory type things, you were going and you were searching for creatures. Or, like, it's just, it's, it's insane to think of, like, just the different um, job opportunities, I guess, mm-hmm. to, like, oh, hey, I'm a warehouse supervisor. Or, hey, I'm an inventory specialist. It's like, oh, what do you, like, I. 
I search for sea creatures in a black lagoon. <laughs> right? Like, to be like, oh, hey, I am going on an expedition. It's like, well, how do you get paid for that? Like, <laughs> I just, it, it's insane to think. Like, that would be so awesome. Just something out of the box. Maybe one of those, one of these days we can uh, finance our own expedition. Uh, we're going to have to do a lot of crowdfunding for that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> well, the internet's a lot for, of money to make. crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. So everyone's ready to investigate the lagoon, uh, except for Kay, who's like, hey, this looks a bit shady, maybe we shouldn't do this. So they decide to just do it. Right. Uh, and, and David and Mark go mm-hmm. diving. And what I love about this movie, and I think the thing that draws me into it more than the others is how beautiful the underwater shots are and how well those are done. Even though it seems like they're done on repeat, I agree with you completely. Well, I mean, it makes me think of um, Thunderball for those James Bond fans, which is, in my opinion, one of the most boring-ass Bond movies ever made. And that's saying something, because there's some really stinkers (laughs) in there. Dude, that's another thing I thought about doing was uh, going down Bond Lane. You should. With having the next week off. Oh, dude, that's like, that's a task. It it's is. A mission, I've done it. It's tough. <laughs> I know you've done it, but like, <laughs> I mean, that's your that's your pleasure. Yeah. Like, like I I think about the days before I had kids, to where it's like I go home from work, like I don't have anything. Like I'm gonna watch a movie, and as you guys have heard, if you've ever if you've listened to any recent episodes that I've had to record from my house and Justin at his house, mm-hmm. it's very chaotic. Yeah. And especially our last episode. That's my life all the time. What's that? Said especially our last episode. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> yeah. So I like like when we took our little break in between because uh, we're double dipping. Um, I went out there and my wife was laughing and I was telling her, I was like, she has your sense of humor to where, honestly, she just came in, she opened the door, she let our little dog Opie in and then shut the door and left. (laughs) And it's like, just to fuck with me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad there's someone there to do it while I'm not there. Oh, I promise you, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting double dipped. And as my daughter gets older, it's uh, it's becoming more deliberate. That's good. She's only she's only three, about to be four. She'll be four in a month and a half. Which, honestly, sidebar, she's been three for fucking seven years now. It feels <laughs> like. But like, yeah, it's becoming more deliberate. It's insane. That's good. She's learning. So back, so back into the expedition. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're uncovering rocks and they're wanting to test it uh, against the fossil to see if it's as old, and if it is, that means they're mm-hmm. in generally the same area uh, that this creature would have come from. I find it a bit strange that right. the only thing they found was an arm, and that the arm mm-hmm. was this far away from the actual lagoon where the creature is from. Oh, so you can't see now. You, yeah, I I get one hundred percent what you're saying. Yeah. Um, 
I was just I was just about to shit on you for being nitpicky on a movie that you like because that's generally not something you do. Well, you know, I spread the love, and that's the, I mean it's the fifties and they didn't really put that kind of thought into movies then. It's just this is what it is because this is what it is, and if you don't understand right. it, then fine. We'll watch the next <laughs> one next year. It's fine. It's it's fine. Um. <laughs> But even though Kay was super leery about this expedition in the first place, she decides to go on an unsupervised swim uh, while no one else is paying attention or, you know, there to save her if something horrible happens. But it's arguably... Right, the because she wouldn't go before. Yeah. She thought it was a bad idea ten minutes ago, but now I think it's perfectly fine to, to take a swim. But it leads to probably my favorite scene of the movie. Okay. Because, again, a lot of what gets me on this, because, you know, like I said, these stories aren't incredibly deep or moving in many ways, but the the visuals are what really gets you. And for me, this one, out of all the Universal Monster movies, is probably the best choreographed and, and cinematic. I didn't say that properly, but... Mm-hmm. Like the it it's a pretty movie, and that scene with them right. swimming together is amazing. Oh yeah, where she's just swimming and then uh, it's like effortlessly, effortless, effortlessly. Yeah. God, why can't as effortless I, dude, as it I, was for you to say the word effortlessly? <laughs> dude, I don't know what it is, but I am losing my ability to speak properly, and I don't well, know that's what's fine. going on. That doesn't and it's not even it's not even the beer and a half, dude. Like it's, I don't get it. Yeah, you need to switch but to yeah, soda. It's, it is a very I've just polished off a cream soda. Now I'm on a Coca Cola, and I'm a wordsmith. God, you are, you're fucking yeah, a wordsmith. <laughs> you're uh, you, you're sounding real articulate there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. But yeah, no, that scene is it is great. Where you know she's just swimming, and he's ever so close. Like, you feel like he's just about to, like, reach out, but then he just, he doesn't. Well, and it's interesting because it's, if you think about it for more than five seconds, it's like, I'm not really sure what the creature's trying to do with her. Because everyone else, like the other expedition guys and some of the other people later on in the movie, he kills them. But with her, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, she's beautiful and i want her to be mine much like you know shape of water or beauty and the beast like there's this connection there that he's wanting to explore yeah but uh good old captain lucas finally notices that she's swimming and shouldn't be and so they go to retrieve her just in time for the creature who's just about to grasp at her yet again i feel like he missed his opportunity when he was swimming two inches away from her (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, but the creature gets caught up in the net and starts pulling it down and tips the boat and nearly snaps off the hoist, just showing how powerful he is, which I thought was a nice touch. It was kind of a Jaws, pre-Jaws moment. Right. A little pre-Jurassic Park moment as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they find this massive tooth or claw that was stuck in the net. And Mark has this Moby Dick 
moment where he wants a trophy over any actual pictures of the beast. <laughs> He's like, I want my trophy, damn it. I don't care if you... Well, that's what's so weird. That, especially towards the end of this movie, for as short as it is, it feels like it could have ended at least ten minutes sooner. Because mm-hmm. they keep switching back and forth from people who want to leave and who make them stay. And the role switches right. like every five minutes. Right. Well, I was trying to look and see because, yeah, this movie is super, super short. It has a runtime. I think it's only of, like 70 um, minutes. Dude, it's it's actually an hour and 20 minutes. So eighty. I thought I, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was like between the sixty-five to seventy mark. Yeah, that's pretty but hefty. All, I mean, that's of, more or less standard horror movie length. Well, yeah, but I mean, so Cre- uh, creature has a hundred uh, an hour twenty. Um, Revenge of the Creatures an hour twenty-two, and a creature walks among us is uh, an hour nineteen. So that's pretty standard for that length. Yeah. Or for that um, franchise, that group there. Taking a so, sip, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. I was just um, thinking about how Dave and Mark they they go diving with their hot uh, with their harpoon gun. Yeah. Our first real kind of um, action scene. Mm-hmm. It's pre- I don't know it I, like I say I love the way that they choreographed all their swimming and stuff and that chase even though it's you know fifties era timing and pacing right is still fairly riveting and there's a back and forth yeah, between it, them it, and the creature and I mean th- this movie is nineteen fifty four but it I don't feel like I don't feel like it could have been made any better. Like everything about the movie that I remember, uh, pacing was great. Like mm-hmm. I do remember telling you that before we started recording that it, it was boring. But I mean, that's also because if you you take a movie from 1954 and then you make a movie almost 60 years later, like things evolve, things change. Well, yeah, Pace, I mean, it's just uh, the, it's pace, the pacing you know, of how movies are made. I mean, going back to Bond, if you watch a Doctor No, the first Bond movie, mm-hmm. you know, the phone rings and you see him get up out of his chair, walk across the room, pick up the phone, have the entire conversation without ever cutting away from him, him hanging up the phone, getting his stuff, and leaving the room, as opposed right. to now. That's a, but that's also the same thing with... Um, with like even in the sixties, like the bat, like uh, Batman, Adam West, like yeah. if the phone rings, it's the commissioner. Like he, he was sitting there read, reading a paper. He does the exact same thing. He sets the paper down. He gets up, walks over the phone, answers it, hangs it up, and then walks out of the room. Like there's no quick cuts. It's yeah. literally the entire motion of what would happen in, in reality. Like there's no you're not cutting out this thing to save time. Like, you're going through every motion. Yeah. And the stories are so much more linear. I mean, I, I, you know, if you just comparing Creature to Shape of Water, there's so many more layers to the Shape of Water and other storylines going on. And 
you know, other characters right. you're having to deal with and locations. I mean, this is all set in the same place after they get to the lagoon. Right. Sorry, man. I just got a message from somebody asking if we can cover Harry and the Hendersons next. <laughs> that fits I, with now, don't get clowns. me wrong. I love that movie, but that doesn't exactly fit the trope of what we're trying to do. No. It's kind of like that Bigfoot movie we watched, or the Troll movie, Troll Hunters. Right. It's a little troll you, hunter-y. What, like, this is the second time. So I mentioned Troll Hunter in the last episode. <laughs> like, we got this thing about double dipping, dude. Well, it helps that we're recording two episodes on the same day. Right. So we got the same wavelengths going. If it was two weeks apart, then I'd be more concerned. Fair but, enough. Uh, so, Dave and Mark harpoon the gill man who dives in deeper and escapes. Um, and while Kay is giving science lessons about uh, fish that can actually breathe air instead of breathing underwater, we get our first uh, mm-hmm. name drop of the gill man. He's given his name. <clears throat> Sorry, I was running out of air there. What did they call him? What'd they call him? They call him Gill Man? Yeah. Oh. Fred Gilman. I just thought that we were being clever and calling him... Thought we were calling them Gilman, like, from our Monster Squad episode. I didn't realize they actually... I forgot that they called him Gill Man. Yeah, I, I mean, until I did the research, I've always just called him the creature. Um, but it, he actually yeah, does same. have a name, like Dracula or Frankenstein's monster, who actually, I guess, doesn't have a name. Uh, but he is Gill Man. I'd rather just call him the creature, but, you know. Same, and I probably will. Yeah. Um, but Gilman yeah. kills a crewman, and... <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> and Captain Lucas suggests drugging him, uh, and see, Kay smokes See, a lot of people might not water, pick which... up on your... On... Huh? A lot of people might not pick up on your bullshit, but I know exactly what you did right there, and I hate <laughs> you for it. Or is that like, oh, why we're here? He's a <laughs> you son of a bitch. When when Kate tosses her cigarette in the water, I and Gilman is watching her. I was thinking that was like, okay, now I'm gonna kill her. <laughs> well, yeah, like what are you doing? Because this, I mean, like, to me, that would be, you know, he's killed all these other people just for, you know, being near his lake, and yet she's actively polluting the lake, (laughs) and he still just thinks she's too pretty to harm. Not that I disagree, but I think it's just a strange glitch in his uh, thought process. Right. Um, so they decide to drug the water and Mark gets all jazz to kill the monster so that they have proof. And it's suddenly nighttime and the gill man climbs into the boat but gets scared of the lantern and we get a, the the light and the spotlight from the boat gives us our first really full-on reveal of the creature and how great that costume is. Dude, it's God. That I'll Dude, I will champion that forever. 
the suit is amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a reason these characters, archetypes have been around for so long. I mean, you look at the how perfect the Frankenstein makeup is. Yeah. I mean, for that time frame, and that was even like, you know, 10, 20 years before this, and then you get into Creature, and it's just like the... There are movies that are made now that don't have that level of detail. Well, and the problem with that is, is like, a lot of the movies now will lean on the crutch of um, computer-generated assistance, and... Don't get me wrong, the ability to do that really does amplify what you can do, but at the same time, there's just, there's not a lot that can beat the practical effect, Yeah. in my opinion. Um, like, I feel like if they did a, a creature from the Black, uh, Black Lagoon now, it would just be some CGI fest. And well, yeah, I mean, it, sure, it'll look all right, but well, not to you know keep going back to it, but I mean, it would be Shape of Water. If you look well, at I, that I, design, and maybe I mean, I'll send you a picture of it here in a bit, but I mean, that is well, I could just yeah, you have the a joy of, in front of me you. recording from my house is that I can actually look, I can look up these things. This is true. I forgot about like, that. Like, it's, it's why yeah, I was I talking to you a few months ago about buying a figure of Shape of Water. Because, I mean, it's right. the, the closest and cheapest I can get to actually getting a creature from the Black Lagoon figure. But the coloration now, see, the aside... The problem with this is I, I really need to watch this movie just because of the fact that, like, I'm trying to see the differences between um, the Shape of Water and um abe sapien from hellboy yeah i knew you were gonna say that well it, it, it's and, <laughs> and that I'm was my first thought when i saw it too i was like oh it's abe sapien but he's slightly different colored didn't they didn't doug jones do both though yeah and he god do, do, yeah, okay, well, I can see that the face is quite a bit different, but I guess when it comes down to it, they're they're pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Like, what can't Doug Jones do? I, I mean, besides, besides running his fingers through my beard, I'll never forget <laughs> that. When maybe, maybe when we do something Doug Jones-related, I'll post it on the Facebook. But when he, he came to the last um, Central City Comic Con that we had... Mm -hmm. Um, and I got, I, t I met him and took a picture, dude, barely talked to him, just straight ruffled my beard, like <laughs> both hands on both Doug sides. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was not ready for it. Cause he's like, Ooh, you got a bushy beard. And I'm like, well, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. It, it caught me so off guard, but yeah, Doug Jones is amazing. Yeah, he's great. And I feel like if they did a creature movie, given the fact that he's already done it, like it would only make sense yeah. to put him in the costume again. You'd have to. Uh, so David He's Mark been typecast as these. Yeah. 
Uh, Dave and Mark yeah. hunt the caves, uh, searching for the monster, uh, but he's still back near the boat, creeping on Kay, uh, and he kills another crewman. Um, but he, when he gets back on the boat, the drugs finally kind of kick in, and he collapses and is captured and kept in a cage underwater, but, like, in the boat. Yeah, I remember seeing that, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then we get the role reversal now. Mark wants to leave, but David wants to stay and finish the research on the creature. Mm -hmm. Because David's like, hey, we got him. Let's just get the fuck out of here and get our money for having the fish man. Right. And the only thing that I don't... It's too bad that it's made so long ago that they couldn't like have his eyes closed, but the gill man... Like, they kind of suggest that he might be dead, but his eyes are wide open. Because it's a mask, and they couldn't, uh, you know, digitally have his eyes closed or anything. Right. I got what you're saying. That yeah. makes sense. But then we get him breaking out of the cage, and having all sorts of mayhem on the boat. And they try to kill Very him again, slow and motion he's lit mayhem. on fire and escapes. But now David wants to leave, right. and Mark wants to recatch the Gilman. <laughs> I don't remember which one is which. I just remember that they they get into a fight in the boat. Yeah, that's here coming up. Um, oh, I know, but and Captain Lucas is not having any of it, and he pulls a knife on him, and is like, "We need to get the fuck <laughs> out of here because this is just ridiculous." Yeah. But right as they start to finally sail away, which they probably should have done about an hour ago, they get caught in some logs that the gill man has set as a trap to keep them in the lagoon. Oh, yeah. Very and when they devious. try to break up those logs, the gill man breaks the winch and makes sure they really can't leave. Uh, I feel like I'm just kind of rattling on and I'm getting tired. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you keep, like, <laughs> there's the awkward pauses. Like, I'm really trying not to interrupt you. <laughs> well, nothing's popped up that made me go like, hey, here's a tangent I can go off on, but... Yeah, I mean, it's all pretty... Sorry, I feel like you... Yeah, I mean, it, it's all pretty straightforward, even from here on out, and... Mark wants to be the bait and fights David uh, in the lower decks of the boat to, for supremacy and loses. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> David tries to free the logs, and, and he makes it down with the harpoon gun and shoots Gilman in the gut, and there's this big underwater tussle, uh, and he's scared right. away. But in this battle, David, who's kind of the jerk of the movie shows up out of nowhere to kind of save the day and is inevitably killed by the gill man. Right. And you see his uh, body float up to the surface of the water to indicate even more so that he died. Yeah. And then I remember hearing at some point, and I could be wrong, but one of the rules of the Universal Monster movies because of the ratings back then is they had to kill the monster at the end of each movie. Really? Yeah, that that was like 
a rule that the good guys had to win, the bad guys had to lose, and the monster had to be killed off. And then when they do a sequel, they had to be like, well, this is why he's not dead. Right. Um. Oh, what the? Is this a goddamn? Uh, okay, I was trying to look and see if if um if, if I could find these uh, rules that you were talking about. Yeah. And I think it gave me like rules for like a, excuse me, like a game. Huh. I don't know, but I'll keep going because we're practically at the end. So if you find it, just let me know. But essentially what happens towards the end of the movie here is, you know, they finally free the logs and free the boat and, you know, it's like they're about to get away, but the gill man then shows up on the boat and captures Kay and takes her to his underwater, or his, uh, takes her underwater and then to the caves, uh, and Dave follows him and finally he's stabbed and shot repeatedly, uh, which probably would have, should have killed him, but they decide at the end of the day to just let him be. And it's like, we pissed him off, and we interrupted his, you know, his area. Let's just get the hell out of here. And right. then we get the wonderful, the end message in classic 50s style. Right. So, I wasn't able to really find that, but... Given the fact that I um, I bought the eight pack, how many Universal Monster movies do you think there are? Oh, I'm trying to think, because there's a big pack with like all of them. That's a hundred something bucks. I want to mm -hmm. say there's the number that came to mind was thirty. Hmm. Um, so, oh, shit, well, here's another list, there might be, oh my god, never mind, I was gonna count, um, each one, but, like, so, you had, in the 1930s, you had Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, Murders in the Rue Morgue, The Old Dark House, Invisible Man, Black Cat, The Raven, the Mystery of Edwin Drood, Werewolf of London, Bride of Frankenstein, Dracula's Daughter, The Invisible Ray, Night Key, Phantom Creep. So it's like, I don't know if these are universal monster movies or just universal movies. Yeah. Those but don't like, all seem like and universal then you have the monsters. 40s. Dude, there's so many. Well, just in the ones yeah, you named, I got up to 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, th when you talk about the character, the notable Universal Monster characters, you have Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, yeah. The Hunchback, Phantom of the, Phantom of the Opera, yeah. Count Dracula, The Brides of Dracula, Frankenstein's Monster, Dr. Frankenstein, Elizabeth Frankenstein, Elsa Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, The Monster's Mate, oh, Brian Frankenstein, uh, Werewolf of London, She-Wolf of London, Igor, Invisible Woman, The Wolfman, The Ape Woman, Gilman, The the Metaluna Mutant, The Mole Man, The Creeper, The Mad Ghoul, and The Neanderthal. That's like 24. That's a lot. 
Yeah, that's a decent chunk. And when well, a lot of those are like sidekicks and henchmen and stuff. And I do remember I was watching special features on this, and they were saying that they they were thinking about making a Bride of Gilman, but it oh, that, never happened. That'd be crazy, right? All right, so that's Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Our first classic Which monster surpri- movie. Right. Super jo- uh, stoked to finally get into it, but the, I didn't expect that to go longer than Killer Clowns, and it did. I also talked a lot more shit in this one than I did the last one. True. Uh, so without much further ado, let's get into our scorecard. Best killer scare for me was Mark's underwater tussle. Really, because it's one of the okay. only ones that we I, I- see. Yeah, I I didn't take any notes, and I didn't do a, a scorecard, because I'm a piece of shit. So just go ahead and ramble off yours. I'm sorry. All right. Um, I most wanted to die was Mark, because he was a dickhead. Yes, uh, he was. My most wanted to live, of course, was Kay, Julie Adams. Sweet, I, sweet I, I didn't have a grossest moment, because there were no gross moments. Uh, and my dumbest moment was Lucas referring to himself by his own name. And, quote, even I, Lucas, have heard tell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like you said, there's not a whole lot in this movie. But if I did a scorecard, it would be pretty similar. Yeah. And uh, the special category that I did, but apparently no one else in the class did, was uh, most iconic slash standout moment, which was the creature swimming under K. It's also currently my background on my phone. Awesome. Um, if I were to have done a scorecard, I would probably say the hand coming out of the lake onto the riverbed there, yeah. scraping with his bent nails. Yeah, it is one of those. I don't know how many of them are total rips from Creature, but it's one of those iconic things that many movies and shows do. Right, the the hand coming out and then disappearing. Mm-hmm. Freddy did it. Yes, In the he bathtub. did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. I doubt that was inspired by Creature, but we can say that it is. Sure. I'll give him the credit. <laughs> well, that's it. That's and it so, for Creature yeah. from the Black Lagoon. Before we have this uh, drag out any further, do you know what your next pick's going to be? I do, and um, I had put a poll up on the Facebooks to see what people had thought, because I, I was kind of torn, and the movie that I'm going to go with is my initial thought, but um, the next movie we're going to cover, um, I haven't seen it in a long time, I'm a big fan of it. Um, is the 1995 it's not really horror mm. now that i think about it um it's more a psychological of a, thriller. a crime drama yeah it is a psychological uh crime thriller but we are gonna go with the uh david fincher directed movie seven oh. starring the brad pitt and morgan freeman and giant um, piece of shit, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Um, but until we dive into that movie, um, 
whenever that may be, which you can watch on Hulu and Amazon Prime, by the uh-huh. way. That's and, I only, and I only saw that because I just wanted to look up and see what year it came out. Mm-hmm. I was fucking 12 when this movie came out. Um, so until we cover seven, you can find us on Facebook at Pod and Gore Podcast. Um, hit us up on there. We have a Facebook group. It's a little more intimate. Um, you can... Uh, ooh. Well, I, I just mean like our our Facebook page has like 12 some hundred likes and our Facebook group has like 340 some people. Yeah. Um, so obviously just by sheer less numbers, it, um, we see everything. There's no like we're nowhere near the point of where we don't <laughs> like things go unnoticed by us. But yeah. um, you can find us on there. Um, we like we mentioned in the last episode, we do have a dis- a Discord server where we uh, host the occasional movie watch party. If you'd like to join us, hit us up, and we'll get you a link or an invite. Yep. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at gore underscore pod. And um, you can email us uh, at podandgore at gmail.com. And so, yeah, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Lucky for you, we don't have another another episode on deck because I I could probably keep going for another hour or so. You yeah, I probably think I'm not. tapped out at two. I need to stretch my legs. <laughs> yeah, I, no doubt. Um, but yeah, until then, we'll catch you next time. I've been Brandon. I've been Justin. Bye. Bye.